1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, as always, and we are coming towards the latter end of the season. Three games remaining. Not really much to play for, as the Giants are out of playoff contention, but they are, at this point, playing for pride, and to not lose to two opponents that are at the bottom end of the NFL, that being this week coming up, the Miami Dolphins, who are 3-10, and ten, and also are contending for a top-five draft pick, just like the Giants are in this game. I'm sure you could agree, Chris. Might not have a lot of implications on if they win it, but like I said, about pride and also pr- showing improvement.
2: Yeah, and that's something the Dolphins have done over the course of the year. They were easily the worst team in the NFL for, I would say, the first half, two-thirds of the season, but the players really have taken exception to the accusations that they're tanking. They have played hard, and they have gotten better over the last month, month and a half or so.
1: Brian Flores has really invigorated that team and galvanized them, and even though they had such a long streak without winning a game at the start of the year, they've come on hot as of late, beating the Philadelphia Eagles and also getting some other wins. Hot obviously can only mean so much with a three-win football team, but still, having those bright spots of showing improvement and showing fight at the end of the season is something the Giants have not done this year. If anything, I think most people would argue they have regressed in a number of areas, which is why the Dolphins head coaches Brian Flores is not on the hot seat and head coach Pat Shermer for the Giants is on the hot seat All that being said, though, like we do in every preview show, we're going to be giving you the offensive and defensive game plan. And to kick things off, let's go right into the offense. This defense has been relatively atrocious all year for the Dolphins. Inconsistent is the easiest way of putting it. They're allowing opposing teams to move the ball very, very easily on the the ground and through the air in the very bottom tier of the NFL statistically when it comes to that. Chris, why do you think that that this defense has just underperformed, or I wouldn't even say underperformed, but done so poorly this season?
2: I would say they are just really pretty depleted as far as players and talent go. I Just looking through their starting roster, the players who kind of just leap off the—well, I won't say leap, but jump out at me as guys I kind of know— uh first is Avery Moss because he was a giant then Christian Wilkins who you know Clemson defensive tackle their first round pick and then Vince Beagle uh cornerback Eric Rowe and then that's about it they don't really have much in the way of good impact players on that defense and I I think they're just at a talent disparity
1: it depleted, it really is a good way of putting it, but I also uh, it seems like this defense is so similar to the way the Giants' defense is right now, just in the sense that they're very, very young, they don't have any major playmakers, and it's just filled across the board with these younger quality guys that were drafted in the first round or relatively high and are still developing and learning. Well, whether that's Raquan McMillan. Christian Wilkins, like you said, and Charles Harris. All three of those guys were drafted high, and they have a lot of um, positivity towards them, and, they, and they, they they think very highly of those players, but still young and developing, which which we've seen from the Giants is, is good proof that if a, a defense is young and developing, they're going to struggle. They're going to have a lot of issues, making it a good opportunity for the Giants to put up a lot of points and hopefully a lot of yards this game. So the Dolphins' defense is without Xavier Howard, who is one of the best corners in the NFL because he is on the injured reserve. Chris, who else is really good on this Dolphin defense? Who is the best remaining defensive player? Just based on what
2: I thought of him coming out of the draft, I would have to go with Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. He played next to Dexter Lawrence. He was very highly regarded as... An interior disruptor and also is a leader on that Clemson defensive line. He's maybe not v- very athletic in the same way that uh, Ed Oliver or Aaron Donald are athletic, but for a 6'4, 310, 315 pound defensive tackle, he is athletic and he was an impact player for Clemson for quite a few years and was a big reason why they were consistently in the college football playoffs so just of that defense of their starters he is the one who really jumps out at me
1: Christian Wilkins like you said has done really really good this year as a rookie kind of similar style to Dexter Lawrence because he's big he takes up a lot of space he draws a lot of attention and he's someone that they're they're very high on going forward and fitting in with what Brian Flores was looking for to fill out his defense and have those playmakers and stud guys that are just hard to move on the defensive line. So, Wilkins is, is somebody that very much needs to be watched in this game, but I also think Raquan McMillan, who had dealt with some injuries early on in his career, I still think he is a talented linebacker. He's very, very fast. He's very rangy. He can move from sideline to sideline and he can make plays all over the field so trying to move the ball with saquon barkley and running the ball might not be as easy as you would assume it's going to be easier than it's been in other games but mcmillan is is a a potential playmaker in the middle of that defense
2: yeah and you say it will be easier it at the very least it should be easier uh, picking up yards for the giants on offense this is a game where if they don't get those yards if they don't produce on both sides of the ball. the I would say the volume on the very serious questions that need to be asked of them really should get turned up.
1: Lastly, what we're going to cover here in the offensive game plan is what does the Giants' offensive game plan need to be in this game? Well, I would say not lose,
2: but... But really, this it, the, the Dolphins don't have a team that can knock you out of what you want to do, either offensively or defensively. So the Giants should be able to run their offense, Maybe not the bland in their shell playing not to lose offense. But if we can see something like what we saw in... The second quarter against Philly, or have seen sporadically throughout the throughout the last two years, really where the whoever the quarterback is is distributing the football. The Giants have have balance. They're attacking deep. They're in rhythm and moving the chains. That should be what they're trying to do.
1: You alluded to a good point about saying whoever the quarterback is, because we're still not entirely sure. If Daniel Jones is going to be playing, he was positive in saying that, oh, he's he's progressing, he's getting better day to day, but the Giants, I'm sure, are not going to rush him back. That being said, though, in agreement with what you had touched on, is that this Dolphins defense as a collective whole is not very, very good. It's probably one of the worst that they're going to be facing as a whole this season. And what we've seen from the Giants when they play really bad defenses, for example, the Lions, for example, the Jets. They throw the ball really, really well against those teams with bad secondaries. They weren't able to run the ball against the Jets, but they'll have a little bit of an easier time doing that. There's a very high potential for the Giants to put up a lot of points offensively in this game. It's really just a matter of how the defense plays, and if they're finally not beat by a quarterback that is... I would argue, below average or to the average level, which the Giants' defense has consistently done on a week-to-week basis. The one thing, though, I do notice from this, this Dolphins' defense is that they're very, very vulnerable to deep passes. If if you can stretch the field with your playmakers, those guys are going to be open if you can cre- create some confusion for those young guys on defense. Darius Slayton is in a potential perfect opportunity to have another big game like he had a big half against the Eagles. So be on the lookout for him to catch a lot of deep passes, take a lot of go routes, try and stretch the field with him and get him hopefully another score or two.
2: Yeah, and this also should be a game where the Giants quarterback should not be under duress. The Dolphins only have 17 sacks on the season. They are really not pressuring the passer all that often and they're finishing even less. So... Whoever the quarterback is, if it's Daniel Jones, if it's Eli Manning, they should at least have the time to go through their progressions and find those opportunities to, as you said, attack deep, hit the deep passes, and put up points.
1: Yeah, the offensive line situation was a little bit better with Eli Manning in command, and they were able to keep him upright for the first half, not so much in the second half be a lot easier against a Dolphins defense that doesn't really have an established pass rush. Up next, we're going to discuss the defensive game plan. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. So in terms of this offense for the Dolphins, they're also a bit underwhelming. Nothing really that strikes you or really entices you in thinking, wow, they've got a lot of talent at this position or the other. It's pretty average across the board and... It starts off with their quarterback, who is, I would argue, below average. What do you think that the Giants should expect from Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick?
2: Well, a great beard to start with. But on the field, you're right. Ryan Fitzpatrick, just as a starting quarterback, is below average. As a backup quarterback, he might be one of the best the NFL has ever seen, just because he has this uncanny ability to always be ready and able to just magic up some wins for a team that he has he and that team have absolutely no business getting it wasn't that long ago that Fitzpatrick helped the or led the Dolphins to a win over the Eagles so he is really not a very good starting quarterback just viewed league wide compared to the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL But you you never quite know when he is going to unleash that Fitz magic and play really above what he should be capable of playing and lift an offense above what it should be capable of doing.
1: If for all those reasons, you really can't underestimate Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I know that sounds so odd to be saying about a quarterback that really, again, is, is below average, but... For that reason, you, you, you can't underestimate him. You can't just assume that he's going to come out and play bad because there are times where he'll come out and he'll start to look really, really good and he'll move the ball really easily down the field, start picking up chunk plays, first down after first down. He's not horrendously bad. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, but he can flip that switch and he can turn things on and he can also make plays if they need him to. That being said, though... He throws a lot of interceptions. He's not really that safe or smart with the football. I, I He's a bit risky in some of, of his decision-making, so there's a good chance that this Giants secondary could pick him off and create some turnovers. As far as other position groups that are notable for this Dolphins offense, they have a really good receiver in Devontae Parker, but there's a shot that he might not be playing because he's in the concussion protocol. Chris, who are the other playmakers on this Dolphins team?
2: Yeah, I'd say the first one that really stands out to me is Alan Hearns, wide receiver. He's big, he's fast, and he hasn't been terribly productive for the <clears throat> sorry, he hasn't been terribly productive so far this year. However, he does have the ability to stretch the field, which is something Fitzpatrick, as you mentioned, with can be good at getting those chunk plays. So that's somebody the Giants have to watch. I would also say Mike Gusecki, tight end, because the Giants always have to be watching for tight ends.
1: And if they do have Devontae Parker, he is very athletic. He's tall. He's fast. He can have a 100-yard receiving game if they need him to and if they feed him the ball. But it's a bit up in the air based on his situation and his health. Overall, though, they have a lot of really athletic receivers very speedy guys Alan Hearns Albert Wilson both of those guys are very very fast and then also Mike Gasecki who is one of the faster tight ends and also had a really good combine uh, performance and had a really good 40 time at the combine so you know that athleticism is there so out of those few guys that we named they do have an athletic bunch that can make big plays to cap things off here Chris, what do you think needs to be the Giants' defensive game plan if they want to win?
2: Get pressure on Ryan Fitzpatrick. If the Dolphins are going to have one of their offensive outbursts, which they are capable of doing, it's going to start with Fitzpatrick. But their offensive line is very not good. For all the complaints and worries about the Giants' offensive line, the Dolphins are worse. They have easily the worst pass block win rate per ESPN in the NFL they're only holding up for two and a half seconds on just over 40 percent of their dropbacks this is one game where the Giants should be able to get pressure with their front four and if they can do that that will take a ton of pressure off of their secondary if they can leave seven in coverage and either force Fitzpatrick to make a mistake or throw the ball away or anything like that, that is what they should be trying to do.
1: The big key here, what you pointed out, was how bad their offensive line is. Now, it's a a young group. There's a lot of young players on that offensive line, some of which they're still developing, some of which are probably lost causes after trading Laramie Tunsell. They haven't had very good protection from that offensive line, from whoever was starting, whether it was Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick. So when you have a lot of young players on an offensive line that are struggling, that means you confuse the hell out of them, and that helps you create pressure. So showing varying blitz looks and also pulling away, pulling out instead of actually blitzing, um, sending from opposite gaps, just putting out a lot of looks that require too much communication because they don't really have a veteran out there that can... Stabilize and, and correct and fix that communication that easily. There's a reason why opposing teams are creating so much pressure against them is because the communication for them has been so poor and that they can't really fix any issues when there is pressure coming. So, doing what James Betcher does best, which is dialing up pressure, creating problems for opposing offensive lines, which has worked. A little bit more over the past few weeks with Marcus Golden and Lorenzo Carter. That being said, from the defensive game plan, that is going to be it from us. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to us. And also be sure to follow us on social media at Big Blue View. And also follow Chris and I. You can follow me at Joe DeLeone. That's spelled D E L E O N E. And also follow Chris at RaptorMK. I, I be sure to reach out to us on social media if you ever have any questions or thoughts that you want to ask us about or tell us about anything feel free to reach out to us we will definitely get back to you whether it is on the podcast or if it is on social media thank you for tuning in everyone and have a wonderful rest of your day